a long day. We started quite early, and uh, it was fun, though. I hadn't been there in years and years and years, and uh, man, you forget how awesome that place is. If you hadn't ever been, it's definitely worth the trip. And uh, I want to ask right right here, does anybody have, I, I know uh, Priscilla, she couldn't be here tonight, but you know, we had the message on Sunday about the one, and uh, if you hadn't seen that message, you need to please go back and watch that message. It's boomerangchurch.org slash video, and uh, if you haven't seen that, uh, seen that, you need to see that. There's a very important message in that. Anyway, Priscilla was praying for her one, and uh, she uh, texted me a day or two later, and she said, Praise God, my one I've been praying for. I just found out she's in church. She's given her life to Christ. She's just all. So I was like, amen, because it, it doesn't have to be long, you know. It could already be happening, and, and it's just awesome. Does anybody have a testimony of something that God has done that's just been, just really caught your attention in the last week or so? Does anybody have that? Don't be shy. I know the Lord's been moving, so that's one I just told you. Does anybody else have anything that the Lord's been doing? Just, you know, put you in front of the right person. You've just seen grace at work. And, and get used to this question. I want you to come in with testimonies because I want to ask this more often. Have you seen grace show up in your life? Beth, you have? Well, tell us about it. Take... It's not on. Does anybody else? Go ahead. One more where you've seen grace this past week. Go ahead, Beth. I went, I don't know what day it was, but I went up to the thrift store looking for something for a helmet for so I could give somebody a ride. Because every time I passed him, I felt bad. I passed him here, coffee shop, and I felt really bad. I couldn't give him a ride. Right. I went up to um, Real Deals, and they sat up there and just got a stock of helmets in the day before I went up there, and I knew that had to be God. Amen. Amen. That is God. That's exactly what you're looking for. The fact that you're looking for something and God brings in a supply and, it, and choices for what you need. Who else? Yay. Amen. I hadn't thought about this until now, but um, well, I knew it was God at the time. Today, I wasn't working at the store, but I went and just uh, checked in a store that I manage. And um, we had done $20 all day. And this was around maybe 12. And right. so um, as I was leaving, I said, you believe, yeah. we're going to believe that, you know, it, we're going to pick up, something's coming. And I left, and two, not even two hours later, she texted and said, I just made a $395 sale, you know. <laughs> Amen. And then I said, isn't God good? You know, so that was my way of representing that to her. And it was awesome. really cool because God came through. So you saw grace, and you were able to testify and praise God. And show somebody else that this was God blessing. Amen. Because before I left, I said, believe for good things. You know, Amen. It, it was so dead. but It's important for us to put our faith out there. But, you know, when you're putting faith out there in God, are you really putting it out there to lose it? If you're putting it in God? Not really. Not really. Is there any more? One, anybody got one more before we? And it's fine if you don't. But does anybody have one? Like, oh, yeah, I need to say this. I know last week for me, myself, uh, I had so many moments and so many times where I found myself standing right in front of the person that I needed to be standing in front of. I mean, you knew it must have happened four, five, six times last week, just God appointment, God appointment, God appointment. 
And uh, that's awesome. I love seeing that. I love being being able to be used by God and just love on people. And and when you speak that word right in time, it's just awesome. You know, it's just beautiful. And uh, so, amen, amen. Well, let's turn to First uh, John. And if you have questions, again, uh, feel free to raise your hand. Welcome anybody who's watching uh, online or watching the replay of this. Uh, we just praise God for that. In First John, you know, there's uh, if you have, uh, if you're watching online or maybe you're watching some of the notes, it might be on this page, but right up to your right will be sermon notes. It'll say First John A for this service. Uh, if you're not not watching like that, you can go to boomerangchurch.org slash notes, and all the sermon notes are in there by date. If you're sitting here and you want to get the notes and you want to see uh, the version and translations that we're in, you can pull those up on your phone or tablet or whatever, and, and or go home and print them off, whatever you want to do. We just want those to be out there so that it's easy for you to have those and, and also have something to reference back. So... In the, in the beginning of 1 John, in chapter 1, we've talked about it almost every, uh, almost every week. John said this, he said, look, we have been around Christ. He manifested himself, his love, his power to us, and we are telling you these things so that you can have fellowship with us, and then he describes us. Us is because we have fellowship with the other believers and God, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus, he basically says, we're having fellowship all together. We're telling you these things so that you can join with us and God can manifest his, himself and his love to you. I was thinking about it again today, uh, going into chapter 4. Aren't y'all happy we got to chapter 4? That was like, that was an accomplishment after five weeks of chapter 3. I think it's only going to be two, maybe three of chapter 4, at least two though, but... I was thinking about, I'm just giving you that to begin with. Um, so I was thinking about 1 John, and I said this at the beginning, but I really, it is a very get real kind of book. In other words, what, almost what John's telling you is, let's get real. Let, let's get real, let's get down to this thing, let's quit playing games, let's get real so that we can really experience what God has for us. And so it's a very let's get real kind of book. And I notice as we go into this uh, chapter, it's interesting because the first four verses that we'll read in just a minute, the first four verses start talking about the difference between somebody who has the Spirit of God and somebody who doesn't have the Spirit of God. And so they're sitting there going, all right, here, here's, here it is again, starting off chapter 4. In chapter 1 it said, the, walk in the light, be the light, walk like the light would walk. Okay. In chapter 2, let's go to this uh, verse, uh, 1 John 2, 6. And 1 John 2, 6 says this, The one who says he abides in him, in Jesus, ought himself to walk, in the same manner as he walked. So here it is, chapter 1, walk like the light. This one, walk the same way Jesus walked. Uh, I, let me read this to you in a couple of different translations. Uh, 1 John 2, 6 in the message, and then I'll read it in the Amplified. And I didn't give Beth these scriptures, but she got that up anyway. 
Anyone who claims, listen, listen to this very closely, anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life Jesus lived. Just think about that. How many of us ought to be willing to claim, hey, we're intimate with God? All of us, right? So if all of us should be willing to claim intimacy with God, what is it saying right there? Then we ought to be living the way Jesus lived. How many of us are living that way? Don't answer that one. I'll let you off the hook. But see, we've got some, we've got, we've got some maturing to do. That's why we're here at the maturity meeting. We, we need to get real. If we want to have and experience God and have it for others, then we need to get very real with what's going on in us right now. Listen to this in the Amplified. It says this, same verse. Whoever says he abides in him ought as a personal debt as a personal debt to walk and conduct himself in the same way in which Jesus walked and conducted himself. All right, now let's think about the last time when you, you blessed somebody out. Is that walking the way that Jesus walked? All right, let's forget about the blessing out. Think about that last person that did you wrong and the thoughts that you had. Is that walking in the same manner? That Jesus walked in. Now if we claim to be intimate with God, we ought to be doing the, and walking the way that Jesus walked. So uh, something's being proven here. What is it? <laughs> What's being proven? Do we have some maturity that needs to happen? Yes. And why do we need this maturity? Because we need to have the power of God operating in us on us, around us, overflowing out of us, the same way that Jesus had operating in him, and really even more. But at the very least, we ought to be operating in this standard so that the power of heaven can flow through us on a regular basis. We need this. People around us need this. John, says, John said, this is awesome stuff. We experienced it. We want you to experience it. That tells you that it's out there for you to... To experience, it's not in the realm of impossibility, it's very possible. So what he's saying right here is for you to walk like Jesus is possible. It's possible. But are we proving that? Can we work on it? Can we get better at it? Absolutely. We sure can. And we need to. So in chapter 1 it says walk as the light. Right here it's saying walk the way Jesus walked. In chapter 3 that we just finished, if you didn't hear chapter 3, there's five actual weeks of it that you can go back and listen to. But basically, just you know, for your viewing pleasure, and uh, basically what we have in chapter 3 is this. Is it, here's what it says in chapter 3. The one who pra it says a lot of stuff, but one of the main uh, focuses was this. The one who practices sin is of the devil. The one who practices righteousness is of God. So again, it's showing you the two ways to walk. And then we get into chapter 4, and I find it interesting because the very first thing, and even in uh, chapter 2, it was talking about telling the difference between the Antichrist and the people of God. And then it opens up chapter 4 again telling you the difference. So here, here's my point. 
we are in the fourth chapter of John chapter 4, and at least four main points throughout this book has been showing the difference between people of the world and people of God. Do you think to experience God and to have Him moving in your life, do you think that it might be, it just might be important to know the difference between people who are living it and people who are talking it? Do you think it just might be important because he's really not talking about everybody else that, that's not, not walking the walk. He's really talking about you and your walk. Do you think that it's very, very important for you to start walking it and not just talking it? Yeah, this is a big, big key. It just talked about that we talked about last week at the end of chapter 3 that this proves when we operate in love, it proves that we're God's. And when it proves that we're God's, we have this confidence that comes over us even in front of God. Now think about that. How many people with the life that you've lived have wanted to stand in front of God at some point? But yet even what John was saying was this, that when you live and you can live, it is possible that you can pull on uh, through Jesus a confidence where you can either, even stand in a bold confidence before God. Now we're talking about something here. Because I don't know about you, but I messed up when I thought God was real close before and I didn't want to talk to him. And that was my flesh. That was my corrupted flesh. And the thoughts, oh my goodness, the thoughts of God himself showing up at that moment had me in some great fear. I mean, trembling, mm, no. I, I, was, I was thinking about this story. Jesse Duplantis uh, tells a story about uh, one time where he had heard everybody talking about God had visited them and they had heard his voice and everything and this and that and everything. And Jesse said, Lord, now I'm out preaching your word. All these people, I, they hadn't even gone after you as much as I have and they're hearing from you and I'm not hearing from you. I want to meet you. I want to I wanna meet. And so he was in bed one night <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden he heard... And the wind was blowing through the house, and, and he said, and, "And God showed up at his house, and uh, and Carolyn was asleep, or, or yeah, who's Jesse's? Jesse's what? Kathy. Kathy was asleep, and he was like elbowing her, you know, and she wasn't waking up. And, and turn around, he said. He he said, I was in my pillow. Uh uh-uh, oh no, no God. Uh uh-uh, uh no sir. Mm You know, as only Jesse can tell that story, you'd have to." You need to hear him tell that sometime. But anyway, I've been in times where I didn't want to turn around and see God either because of stuff I've been doing. But he's telling us that there's a strength of being his child and having confidence where God shows up and you're still strong and bold as his child. This same strength is the strength that when you ask for something, you have it. This is what we just went over last week. Your prayers are answered because of the intimacy with God. Let's look, let's look at First um, John 4 and verse 1 here. It says this, it says, Beloved, 
All right, it's telling us how to live an intimate life. It's telling us how to live a bold life. And it's telling us how to get to a very real, let's get real kind of moment. Let's get into the reality of God. Let's not just talk. Let's not just go into theory. Let's really experience Him. Remember, that's the focus of this whole book. And so He's telling us time after time, here's the difference. This is the way the world walks. This is how you should walk. If you want to experience God, if you want to be intimate with Him, if you want the power of God and the love of God, this is how to do it. And one of the things he starts off here is saying this. What was from the... Oh, excuse me. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Do not believe them. Don't believe every spirit. Just stop right there. Don't believe... Everything you see and hear. I was thinking today, I was just meditating on some times when people have told stories on me. You know, and they get back to me and I find out somebody's told somebody a, a story or a lie about me. And, and my thought was, here was my thought. I wonder how many of those people, when they found out they told a lie, actually went back to those people that they told that to and corrected it. And the answer to that is probably not too many. But... Here's the thing, there's a lot of people saying a lot of stuff. And that does not mean, and you know what, there's a whole bunch of people saying a lot of stuff from right in this position. And that does not mean that you need to listen to everything that's being said. You need to test, where are they coming from? What are they preaching? Is it the word or not? What is it that they're saying? Uh, here's this. What's the motivation? What's the motivation behind it? Because you know somebody can actually say the right thing. They can actually say the truthful thing, but the motivation be off, and it carries with it something that ain't good for you. And Keith Moore said that uh, this at the uh, Believers' Convention this past summer. He said sometimes people tell the truth, but the way that they say it, it's the wrong way to say it. And you don't need to be agreeing with it and going along with it. It's the wrong thing. You ever watch that? We can really see that on Facebook today. You can see somebody that will quote Scripture, will be the right Scripture and everything, but the heart with which they're saying it, it's like, uh, I, don't, I can't really like that, even though it's Scripture. It's because they're trying to, almost trying to use Scripture to condemn somebody or do something like that. It's outside of love. If it's not in love... And what does love do? Love pays a price to get people free. That's an easy way to remember. <laughs> love pays a price to get people free. That's what love does. If you want to simplify it. It pays a price to get people free. So is this paying a price to get people free or is this trying to condemn them? What's this, what's this doing? So test the spirits don't just believe everything that you see or hear. You know, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff on the internet. You don't need to be listening to everything that's on the internet. You don't need to listen to everything. There's a, you know, the internet today has given people a voice, and a lot of people never needed that voice. <laughs> it made it easy, and, and there's a whole bunch. It's like, that should have never happened. I mean, it's true. And you don't need to be listened to it. Now look, he's telling us how to get real. He's telling us 
how to live in a reality of the power and the love of God. He's telling us those things. And one of the first things he tells us, one of the things he gets real clear is, don't believe everything you hear. Remember in Acts, like the good Bereans that would go back, they'd listen, and, and let, me, let me put it to you like this. Everything I say through this mic that goes out and is recorded, are you here in a, in a sermon or in a message at all? I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to get into this word, open it up, crack it open, get to know it, and see if I'm telling you the truth. And if you don't think I'm telling you the truth, then I want you to bring it to me. I want you to ask me. Because maybe I can easily explain it to you. Maybe I can show it to you in a way that it even makes it more clear to you. Or maybe I'm wrong. Guess what? I got a flesh too. And my flesh does, it's amazing, my flesh does the same thing your flesh does to you. Tries to talk you into stuff that ain't God. And so I can miss it just as much. I'm, I'm a man. I still have a flesh to contend with. I can miss it too. Now, I don't try to do that, obviously. If I, if I thought I was missing it, I wouldn't say it. But, but I can. And I've been off on plenty. And I can tell you right now, and this is just, and if you don't have this attitude or you hadn't figured this out yet about yourself, uh, then you need to learn it. Here's this. I can tell you right now, everywhere, every one of us in here has got something in our thinking, in our mindset that's wrong, including me. You know why? Because if not, you'd know everything God knows. And you don't. <laughs> and neither do I. But I'm giving myself to Him so that my mind can be renewed. I'm giving myself to the Word just like you should. And so no matter what you hear anywhere, you don't listen and believe to everything that you hear. You take it back to the Word and you see, is that God or is it not? Very important for you to do that. Here's, here's one of the reasons why I can have great resolve and conviction over what I'm saying, and it'll work for me. You can hear what I say and say, oh yeah, I believe that, I agree with that. But it not work for you because you don't have your own resolve on it. You don't have your own revelation on it. You don't have your own convictions about what I said, whether you believe it or not. You know, I can, how many people, uh, when I, you first heard me, talk about being healed how many people said well well if, i could go back even further how many people actually didn't believe that when i first said it? it's like i don't know about what he just said there you know i i did that at one point and i was like yeah all right and then later on you're like you know what i believe that we are healed but you didn't have it in here yet you had it here but not here it's called mental ascent in other words, you need to continue in it, continue in His Word. Let His Word renew you. Washing, washed by the water of the Word, let His Word renew who you are so that you can receive the wholeness of what God has for you in this book. So we need to get back in that Word. We need to spend time with God, hear from the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit confirm these things. Now I can tell you a lot of times what will happen when you're hearing somebody, if you're born again, and you have the Holy Spirit living in you, uh, then what happens is you hear somebody say something, and it's almost like on the inside of you, it goes, Poof, explodes. <gasps> Ooh, yeah, that's the way your spirit will be, right? That's the Holy Spirit confirming what was just said was Him. 
And a lot of times you'll have that. That'll, that'll come up. You'll hear something. Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe it's for the 400th time. But that time revelation hit. And all of a sudden in your spirit it goes boom. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like that. That's the way your spirit is. That is the Holy Spirit saying, yes, that's correct. Yes, that's right. Now you can also have uh, where you got something that's actually right but your mind's not renewed to it yet, and but you believe, let's say that the truth of God is that way, but what you've been taught by you know, your environment, society, whatever, your beliefs actually are that way, okay? Now inside, if you're born again, your spirit can go, ooh, 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 but your mind can go, ugh, no, uh-uh, no, Right? And all of a sudden, inside of you, you got this tug of war going on. Why? Because your spirit is renewed, but your mind's not. And so now, and so you've got this kind of war happening inside of you. And you have to watch that. You have to figure out. It says that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder spirit and soul, or spirit and mind. This is why you want to get into the word. It's very important for you to spend time in the Word. Very important for you to spend time in the presence of God with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you shouldn't listen to everything that you hear. <laughs> and you've got to learn the difference between the two. I can tell you I can listen to certain people and watch them, and as soon as I watch them, I'm like, no. Right? Why? Because I've spent time with Jesus and I know that ain't Him. And then there's some people, I'm like, they'll start talking and I'll go, yes, ooh, yes, yes, please, more, give me more, you know. Why? Because that's the Holy Spirit talking through them. And you want to spend time with God. But let me, let me throw this out there, just because you've been, in, you've been in Jesus for 20 years and you've gone to church and you've committed yourself, don't mean you can't miss it. So don't just, just because you have an initial feeling, that doesn't mean that you heard everything right. You still got one of these, just like me, and you got to figure out, is it trying to get in the way, is this corrupted flesh trying to get in the way of what God actually wants to get to me? Okay? Wow, that was the first sentence. All right, do, do, beloved, do not believe every spirit. How many did I say we'd be in First John 4? Two or... I said two or three. Now, don't be jumping. <laughs> Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, if we're going to test the spirits, what are we going to test them against? We're going to test them basically against two things. The knowledge of God that we have, one, in our spirit, our renewed spirit, and two, what we have written down and recorded about the character of God in this word. You know? So if somebody's going contrary to this word, then we need to watch it. Now, let me, let me throw something at you here. Just because you don't listen, that people use scriptures all bent out of shape and wrong a lot of times. They'll, they'll like, for example... Um, well, we just, we just preached on Job a couple of weeks ago, right? 
They'll take Job, and if you hadn't seen that, you definitely should watch that. They'll take Job and use it as a sob story, and, and they'll try to give people comfort in their sob story. Well, it'll be okay, You just, just like Job. You know, but they don't actually finish the story. So they give them like a piece of scripture, but not all of it. Well, that's what, kind of what the devil does, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's what the devil does. But if we're going to live out the word, we want to know it. We wanna, and you have to watch it when people will use scripture to do that. Use the whole counsel of the word. Okay? In other words, you want to use the Old Testament and the New. There's some people love staying in the Old Testament. And they like laws and legalism and all this stuff. And they want to you know, move and operate the way that did. It's a new era. We're under a new covenant. They need, they need both. And there's a lot of people that only want to stay over here in the New Testament. They never want to ever read the Old Testament. And that's just as wrong. Just as messed up. Because it's there for us to have a full counsel of the Word. Okay? And so there's one of the things that will happen is when you test the Scriptures is, let's take the full counsel. And here's a good thing. If you have a doctrinal point and you just, and when I say this, I may be getting emails and phone calls for a while. And uh, like, well, let me just make a personal note. You asked me a question on Facebook the other day. I've never had time to read that whole article, but maybe I'll get a chance to look at it. So, um, but there's, uh, she was asking me a question about Joel Osteen. And l- let, me, let me just say this. And talking about people on, on the internet that don't need to have a voice. Most people, when they quote somebody and they say they're anti-God or they missed it or whatever, a lot of times they're taking an excerpt out of a message and they're trying to blow it up into meaning something else. And you got a whole bunch of people that, are, that just want to do that. They just want to fuss and always find the problem. I don't see God being a critic. God's not a critic. And did you feel that in your spirit, the way that felt? God's not, that's the Holy Spirit there. God's not a critic. And so a lot of people just, their whole ministry is criticizing other ministries. Jesus said, leave them alone. If they're preaching Jesus, leave them alone. So that's the short answer to that one, because it was about Joel Osteen. It's like, he's preaching Jesus. Jesus said, he, Jesus said this, he said, even if they're preaching from a wrong heart, in other words, a completely wrong heart, but they're preaching Christ, leave them alone. He's saying, even listen to what he's saying, even if they're preaching from a completely wrong heart, I can still use it and will. Leave them alone. Don't concern yourself with it. And when he told us to, to find the false prophets, he's not saying hunt them down. <laughs> Track them down. He didn't say that. <laughs> Do you feel that? <laughs> he didn't say hunt them down. It's like, I mean, so I got this idea of people going after preachers with a with a stake and a and a hammer and a cross or something. It's like, let's go kill them, you know, let's hunt them down. No, be about your business. This is what the Lord told me years ago. He said, "You do your business right. I'll I'll be concerned with them. You don't be concerned with them. Every ounce of concern that you give a false prophet, you're actually taken away from what I've called you to do." And you're in the wrong. 
Because you're, not, you're being, what, what's happening is the devil is using you against somebody that may or may not be right, but either way, I can still use them even if they're preaching Jesus. Stop it. Leave them alone. Don't go hunt them down. And so a lot of times there's tons of people, tons of people, and it's this uh, religious spirit that says, hey, let's find everything somebody says wrong, let's put it up online and show the world that they're a false prophet. And, and it's generally because they don't believe one of the doctrines that they have. Let me tell you, everybody on this earth, there ain't one person that don't, don't think that God's got a wrong doctrine because they don't know everything God knows. And their doctrine is wrong, they would say God's doctrine's wrong because they don't know everything God knows. So they would put God on the stand just the same way. Stop. Don't do that. It, it's, there's a freedom in not playing that game that the devil has up. He's got a trap sitting there for you to waste and waste time and spend all your wills trying to figure out who's wrong and who's right. This is what it says. Don't believe everything you hear. Test them for yourselves, not to stand up and say, oh, that's wrong, and that's right, and that's wrong, and that's right. That's not what he's saying do. He's saying in your own heart for the stuff that you're receiving, know whether or not it's from me or not. Know whether or not it's, it's from me. Why? So that you build yourself up on what's right. That's all. That's all he's saying. Don't let wrong stuff go in you. Don't be concerned about them. Just don't let wrong stuff go in you. There's a strength in it. <clears throat> Verse 2. <laughs> By this, well, apparently the Lord wanted us to hang out there. And uh, it's true. You know, there's people that spend a lot of time and they waste a lot of time doing that. And you've got to watch that because the devil will get you hung up and tied up in knots over something somebody said. And maybe they just misquoted something. I misquoted stuff. I know one time I was up here and I said God, I said God when I meant the devil and devil when I meant God. And, and I was like, oh, golly, sorry. No, that's not what I meant. Well, they, somebody could have taken that clip and said, said I meant the whole opposite thing. If you're going to say anything about anybody, at least go watch the whole message. <laughs> at the very least, go watch the whole message so that you can get the context of what they said. And then, here's the other thing. Remember, you don't know everything there is to know about God. There may, I can tell you there's stuff about God that I found out. I was like, that can't be God. And sure enough, it was. Certainly, that's not God. I remember the first time I started feeling about the power of the Holy Ghost and being drunk in the Spirit and thinking about that from an adult point of view. I went, that can't be God. God's a God of order. Doesn't that sound right? God's a God of order. Well, he's got an order you don't even understand. That God of order came into the temple in the Old Testament and brought in a cloud that nobody could see and completely wrecked it in the mind of man. Knocked people out, they were laying, they couldn't even perform the service because they were falling under the power of God. God. God's not a God of logic. 
your logic, that is. He's a God of his logic. I mean, what kind of God would lead a man the, after there's been no, no rain for so long and everything to go up against 400 prophets of Baal, tell them to call on God, cut yourself, mock them, yell at them, and then he says, build me, build me this thing and now go pour water on it. I think he did it 12 times. That's not logic. And so a lot of times God's going to do things that are out of your mind but they will be in your spirit. And so when you see something, when you're testing spirits, this is important to recognize and, and realize that God's going to do stuff that doesn't fit your mind. He's going to do things that doesn't fit your mind. He's going to do things that doesn't fit your mind. I have one head nod. So maybe he's doing it right now. <laughs> He's going to do things that don't fit your mind. Gideon. Uh, we've got a few men compared to that whole army. I mean, we've got just a fraction of the men to go up against. That looks unwinnable. And God says, cut them down. Cut them down even more. God's going to do stuff that, that goes against your mind. Why? Because the world's taught you to live and think in a worldly mindset. What we want to do is we want to get to the place where we're raising our kids now in a godly mindset that understands these things about God. That understands that He doesn't always do things by worldly logic. Parents, your job is to not only grab a hold of this now, but make it easier on your kids so that they can go in even more power. Their, their uh, knowledge and ability in God can multiply in their lives because you've taught them how God thinks. And it's not according to the world. Verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Now, he says somebody that doesn't confess Jesus is from God is the wrong spirit. Now, remember, this is a continuation. This is not just one chapter out there all by itself. It's actually a continuation. In a book, back in chapter 2, he talked about the Antichrist, and he talked about confessing. And this word, this word here in verse 2 actually talks about when it says confessing, it actually speaks of or has the thought of covenant. So it's not just saying, it's not just somebody standing up here and saying, Jesus Christ is from God and has appeared in the flesh. Now if I just say that, that's not necessarily what it's just talking about. It's saying that it's somebody that believes that and has covenant with God. And so you can tell that they have covenant with God. Let's look back real quick here at uh, John chapter 2. And I have to find the scripture. I believe it's down towards the bottom of John chapter 2. Yep. 
Verse 18, John, 1 John 2.18. Children, time, uh, excuse me. Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. Now this is being written, are we definitely in the last hour? Yes, we are. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they are all not of us. Now, if you want to get some good teaching on this specifically, you can go back to that message uh, in 1 John chapter 2. I forget which part it is, but it'll be dealing with that verse 18 and 19. But basically he's saying there is, look, they weren't of us. They were different. And, and one of the things they did is they left us. They, they didn't understand unity is one of the things that separates, it divides. That's the spirit of Antichrist. All right, and then uh, verse 20 but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. In other words, when you're born again, as particularly when you're filled with the Spirit, you have an anointing that's there to help you know what is God and what's not, what's Antichrist and what is Christ. All right. And remember, we talked about when we talked about this that Christ means the Anointed One and His anointing. So one of the things that Antichrist Spirit does is it sets itself against the anointing of God. You have to watch that. You see anybody that's talking about against the power of God or against the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm not saying that they're not born again, but I am saying that they probably are influenced by an Antichrist-type spirit. So you want to watch that. It's a spirit that divides. It's a spirit that takes away power because God knows this uh, unity and a power of God is very much a testimony in this world the devil knows it too. He wants to break that up. So he says, you have an anointing. Part of that anointing is for you to be able to discern what is God and what's not. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie is of the truth. Verse 22, who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the one that denies that Jesus is the Christ. That's, that's somebody who lies. That's the spirit of Antichrist. This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. So now, if you go back, that was the end of chapter 2. You go back to chapter 4, and in this verse, and it says, he who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, he's giving you another point to look for in that spirit of Antichrist. One back there was one who is in division and not in unity, one who's denying the power of God, and now you've got one that says, hey, Jesus hasn't come yet, or Jesus didn't come in the flesh. He's just a thought, maybe. Maybe he would say that the thought of a Savior. This is the spirit of Antichrist as well. This would also be somebody, because that's talking about covenant, would also be somebody who doesn't necessarily say that Jesus is the only way. You know, he, he would maybe say there's multiple ways. Same, same kind of spirit going on there. And is saying, up, oh, stay away from that. Okay? You have to watch that. And listen, you know, just because somebody doesn't come out and say that in every, every sentence doesn't mean that they are or they aren't. My, I, I challenge you 
I want you to use the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is very powerful. But I, I want you, I challenge you, to live Jesus without having to speak his name all the time. Because a lot of people think that they should preach all the time, and they, by preaching they put condemnation on people. But if you'd live a Jesus-filled life, that would preach more. You'd have people coming to you asking you, how do you do this? How, how do you have what you have? Andrew Womack was teaching a Bible study early in ministry, and, uh, and I, I'm remembering the story like this. Uh, he told it, I just heard it briefly recently, but he was preaching, and I believe it was an atheist guy came in there, and man, this guy was just criticizing Andrew and, and everything, and Andrew just kept going back to his relationship with God and what it had meant to him, and this guy just ripped up Andrew and and just disrupted the whole Bible study, the whole small group that was going on, and, and it was just, and Andrew basically gave the idea it was ugly, you know. And eventually that guy left, and, and Andrew was left alone, and he said, well, I'll just spend time with God. And about 30 minutes later, the atheist guy came back in, and he said, I thought, he, said, I thought he was here to rip me up again. <laughs> and uh, he said, but the atheist guy said, it is obvious that you have a fellowship with God. You have a fellowship that I don't even have a clue about, but I know I need that. And he accepted Christ. Why? Because knowing God should come through in everything that you do. Knowing God should come through. Read this in the message, verse 1. My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. This is 1 John 4, 1. My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in the world. <laughs> Here's how you test for the genuine Spirit of God. Everyone who confesses openly his faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came as an actual flesh and blood person, comes from God and belongs to God. Listen to that again. Everyone who confesses openly his faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came as an actual flesh and blood person, comes from God and belongs to God. And everyone who refuses to confess faith in Jesus has nothing in common with God. This is the spirit of Antichrist that you heard was coming. Well, here it is sooner than we thought. My dear children, you come from God and belong to God. You have already won a big victory over those false teachers, for the spirit in you is far stronger than anything in the world. Amen? Listen to that again. You've already won. My dear children, you come from God and belong to God. You've already won a big victory over those false teachers, for the Spirit in you is far stronger than anything in the world. That's good news, isn't it? That's good, good news. In uh, verse 5, uh, here, remember back in verse in chapter 3, 
It taught, what were we talking about, particularly at the end of chapter 3, so strongly, what were we talking about? We were talking about the fact that we had to live it, not just talk about it. Not be uh, in, in speech and theory, but be in deeds and in truth. This would prove that we're from God. You see this thread all the way through 1 John. Let's do this thing and stop talking about it. And when you're listening to people, you want to see people who are living this thing, who's, who are living love, right? We'll do this just to verse 7 and we'll wrap it up. Or, excuse me, verse 6. Verse 5. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. It's talking about the spirit of Antichrist. They're from the world. They speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. Let me, let me put it like this. I'm going to read it in a couple of different translations, but let me put it like this. The world speaks the world's language, and people will listen to that. Sometimes they'll be trying to pretend to be a preacher. Sometimes they won't be trying at all. They'll be trying to look like completely the opposite direction. But here's the thing. The world's going to be listening to that. And it makes sense to them. And a lot of things that you say are not going to make sense to somebody who's an unbeliever. It's going to make sense to believers because these things are spiritually discerned. And so you'll listen for these things. You'll listen for this. Does that sound like the world talking or does that sound like God talking? Does that sound like the Holy Spirit talking or does that sound like, you know, Joe Businessman and all of his logic? Listen to this in the New Living. Those people belong to this world so they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them. The message. These people belong to the Christ-denying world they talk the world's language, and the world eats it up. Woohoo! Sounds like they're having fun in kids. <laughs> Miss Deb to the rescue! Watch out! Go, Miss Deb! Power be in Jesus' name. <laughs> the world eats that language up. But if you are in the Word and you know it, then when they start talking, something should not quite connect to you. Something you'll feel, something's off. You'll feel something in your spirit. Something, something's off. Something's wrong. But you know what? You can be sitting there and not have a mind renewed and there'd be a preacher up here talking about really the things of God, but your mind's not renewed in that area and your mind in that moment is going, something don't sound right. And it's not the preacher, that's your mind. So you have to learn the difference between these two things. But what's interesting right here in this verse 5 is it starts talking about language. The language of the world versus the language of God. Let me tell you the language of God. The language of God is love. And love has action to it. And what you, he's been telling you this whole, whole time is you'll see the difference between the two. Between the people who are practicing light and righteousness and people who are practicing darkness and sin. 
You're going to see. I remember watching one time, and uh, I was with somebody, and they were, they were a prophet, and uh, I believe that they were, at the very least, born again and gifted and probably called to the office of a prophet. And, but I believe, I believe that that's probably true. But I believe by this point that they, were, they had gotten off. They had missed something. They had kind of missed the boat on some stuff. And I remember going out to eat and uh, watching some stuff, just watching their habits and watching some stuff that they did. And man, I was sitting there going, dude, there ain't no love here. There's no love in this person. What's up? Well, what does that tell me? That tells me that if, if that love walks off, there's probably some ministry that's off too. It was just a matter of time. I got back to me about a story where uh, that it appeared that that same person had basically uh, kind of basically stole some money, a large amount from some folks trying to talk them into doing some stuff they shouldn't have been doing. And so here's the thing. I, I had insight into that because all I did was I watched the language they were living. And so God's talking about language and talking about testing the spirits. Watch how they operate. Where, what are they doing? How are they doing it? What's the language that they're operating in? Are they practicing love? Or are they practicing sin? All right. Verse 6. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So we can sit up here and we can talk about things that are actually God and we can kind of tell, are they operating in a spirit of truth or are they operating in a spirit of error? When you're talking at, at uh, you know, let's say that you go to work and somebody needs, uh, they need some finances and you start talking about, you know, God will provide those things for you. God, God cares for you. God loves you. You know, are they receiving that or not? In other words, are they operating in a spirit of truth or are they operating in a spirit of error? And, and you don't condemn them if they're operating in a spirit of error. That's, where you're, that's what you're there for, is to help them come out of that. Say, I believe and I have seen where God has brought some things to pass. I see in the scripture where it says he'll provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. I've seen where he says, be anxious for nothing, for God cares for you. And, and can anybody care for you like God cares for you, including yourself? So you're there to help bring that spirit of truth in, but you can tell where they're at based off of their response. Are they listening or not? Are they hearing that or not? In the uh, message it says this, but we come from God and belong to God. Anyone who knows God understands us and listens. The person who has nothing to do with God's will, of course, God will, of course, not listen to us. This is another test for telling the spirit of truth from the spirit of deception. Now, here's the interesting thing. Because a lot of times we're out there, we're trying to tell people about God, we're trying to live this life, we're trying to do this, and we get so upset because somebody doesn't listen to us. They are going to not listen to you. That just said it. <laughs> They're going to not do it. They didn't listen to Jesus. They're not going to listen to you. They persecuted Jesus. They're going to persecute you. They're going to talk about you. It's going to be. 
You have to accept and figure out, am I okay with that? And you need to get okay with that. Because I'd rather please God than I would be that man or woman. You need to be okay with that. You need to get to the place where it doesn't even hurt your feelings. Man, they didn't listen to me. Now they're talking about me behind my back. All I'm trying to do is just love on them. Oh my gosh. It happens like every week to me. <laughs> Does it not? <laughs> it's all right. You need to be okay. You need to learn how to still love in that situation and dish out love. It's all right. That's an okay thing. And it's going to happen. Don't, don't get, you know, Oh, you know, I heard somebody, uh, I was, had uh, lunch the other day with uh, Pastor Paul over at the gathering. We were talking, and we had the pastor's prayer that morning, and we were talking. He said, you know, Starbucks guy comes out. I don't know if you saw this or not, and, and I don't want to tell you, and then you have the reaction I'm, I'm not looking for. But he, he comes out, and he says, if you, uh, well, if you uh, don't believe does anybody know the exact quote? I think I know what it is, but I'd rather have somebody. He basically says, if you believe in straight marriage only, sell your shares. We don't want you here. That's, that's basically, if I remember correctly, and I'm not quoting him directly, but he basically said that. If you, if, in other words, if you believe in the biblical definition of marriage, is basically what he was saying, sell your shares. We don't want you in, as a stockholder. Now see, the church is concerned about being relevant to a, this guy standing up saying, if you, don't, if you believe in God, basically we don't want you to buy our coffee and we don't want you to be a part of our business and they're still making millions and the church is concerned about whether or not we're relevant. All right, let's think about that. That's just a side. All right, so here's the other part. Here's the other, here's the other part of that. Here was the statement. Are you surprised that a sinner is acting like a sinner? And see, like, we'll see somebody do something ungodly and Facebook and social media will be a buzz because an ungodly person did something ungodly. We should expect that. We should know that that's coming and yet we love on them anyway. We should see it. It should not knock us off our, our, our game. You should get to the point, let me tell you this, and I'm, I'm not telling you to be accepting of it, accepting of something's totally different, but you should get to the point where somebody cusses up and down in front of you and it not even phase you. Because you're called to operate in a world of sinners. I know you've never seen anybody cuss in your field, right, George? Never. never. I, I mean, <laughs> you should get to the place where that doesn't move you. You're so on with love that it doesn't move you. There's going to be, in other, word, in other words, the ungodly is going to be ungodly. Can you still remain godly in the midst of ungodliness? Because that's what Jesus did. Love paid a price. It pays a price. It goes after God with everything it has. Love goes after him with everything it has and it's not moved by the world. It's moved by God. As you're getting real with God and you're understanding him, make sure that you hold on. Lord, let me, let me move in love. What's the language of God? What's the language that's going to set you apart? 
Are you moving in love? Are you moving in love? That's the language. You can preach it without saying a word. Are you moving in love? No matter what. What does love mean? Love means I'm doing whatever he commands me to do. This is my commandment, that you love one another. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. In other words, are you willing to look to God to get your orders in every situation, whether you're comfortable there or not? Let me say that again. Are you willing to look to God and be obedient and get your orders from Him whether you're comfortable in that situation or not? Well, Brian, I just don't want to do that. I just, I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm not asking you if you're comfortable. I'm asking you, did you even ask God at all? And if you did and you heard from Him, were you obedient to what He said? That's love. And that takes paying a price at times. But He will empower you to do it and you will be amazed at the results. You'll be amazed at the results. And here's one other thing that's love. Test what you hear. The stuff I'm telling you tonight. Go check it out. Go look it up for yourself. Test it. Make sure that you know that that's God. Because you are responsible not for me, but you're responsible for you. You're responsible for what you know. And love matures. Love grows up. So go grow up. Go mature. Go get in that word. Get to know him. Spend time with him. Amen? Amen. Any questions? Everybody's like, uh-uh. I'd be the one that asked the question. Lord, thank you so much for this evening. We just praise you. Lord, we want to know you. We want to get to know you even more. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the language of heaven that you poured out on us. Thank you, Father, that it was very real. There was no fakeness in it. It was very real. Lord, help us to be those kind of people that operate in the reality of heaven, the reality of God's love. Father, we praise you for that and we thank you for it. Thank you, Father, that you've given us the opportunity and the ability and the possibility to move in love, to move in you, to abide in you and you abide in us. Father, we praise you and we love you and we show our love by moving and taking action in the language of love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great night.